Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Over the years, I grew up in church. My, my mom was a kids pastor for many years. My dad has been on ch- the church board growing up and all of this in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I grew up in the same church my whole life till I went to college, came out here, and um, I've been involved in church ministry for year, since, since a young age. And one of the things I would hear often is, is someone when talking about a church that maybe they left or the reason that they were leaving the, a church was because they didn't get connected. And I think the lie that sometimes we believe is that connection is based on church size. Because I tell you, I've, I've had the opportunity to be in a number of different churches. I've got family that pastor all over the place, um, different family members. And I've felt sometimes the most disconnected is when I walk into a church um, that doesn't know me and they may only have 40 or 50 people but yet I still feel very disconnected because they're closed off to someone else coming in. And our heart here at Creekwood is that you feel um, connected, that you find that connection, that you feel cared for, that you have people, like Andrew was talking, man, that just know you, that truly know who you are. And our goal since the very beginning has been to build a group of Jesus followers who are in community with one another. Right, who are in community. And I think in church world, um, we throw this, I, this word community around. Um, you know, we talk about, hey, you got to have community. You got to have community. It's so important that you have community in your life. And I think for us, that can mean a lot of different things. And I think it's easy for us to go, man, I don't have time for that. Man, I, I, you don't know what I have going on in my life. But at Creekwood, we exist. We say that our mission is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. You will hear us say this over and over again. And it's this this thought that, yes, we want you ultimately to accept Jesus Christ into your life, right? That is a huge decision. Quite possibly, and I would argue, the biggest decision of your life is to give your life to Christ and to live your life for him. But that's the beginning point. And for us, what we want to do is we want to take you from from the point of not knowing Jesus to knowing Jesus and then to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. But the thing about this, and and I think one of the key points of this is you cannot do this alone. You cannot do this alone. You need the people that are sitting around you on your row the people that are coming into services with you, you need those people to walk through life with you to be able to become a fully devoted follower of Christ. We see over and over again through scripture that you were not created to do this thing called life alone. And this is so much more than just your family, just your spouse. It's so much more. We say this, we say life change happens best in something small. You know, and I want you just to, for a second, look down the row on either side of you, right? All of you have people sitting around you. You've got, there's people in front of you. There's people behind you. But today I want you to maybe think about this. And my hope is that I can talk to you about this topic in a way that's a little bit different. At the end of the day, and where we're going to talk about today is the reality that circles are better than rows. Is that circles are better 
than Rose, right? Because we, we love Rose. I love Rose. We come in, we sit in Rows for service. I've grown up in church. I love corporate worship. I mean, I love coming in, hearing our worship team and all these amazingly talented musicians praising God and leading us because I'm not that talented. And I love that. And I love worshiping with you. Like I said, I grew up in church. I've given my life. I work in church world. I've given my life to this. I'm so passionate about it. But the reality is, is that circles are better than rows. Because here's why. Something happens in a circle that can never happen in a row, right? In a circle, you can find accountability. In a circle, you can find a place to belong. In a circle, you can find people that when you walk through those unexpected dark moments in life that we all go through from time to time, you find people that will pray for you. You find people that you can go through and maybe you've been reading something in God's word or Pastor Stephen has talked about something on the stage and you can go, hey, this is, this is what he talked about. What do you guys think about this? Like, what does this mean? And you can wrestle with these ideas. You could be doing a study in a life group and you can talk about what that means and that those things will never happen in the row that you're sitting in in this service, right? This is great. This is good, but it was never designed to be all of your experience for church is in this room, right? This was designed to be the icing on the cake in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I feel like sometimes what we do is we, we believe the lie that this is all we have to do to be a Christ follower, right? And while there, you, what you do is not based on your relationship with Jesus Christ, right? The Bible tells us that you give your life to Christ. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to fix yourself, but to become a fully devoted follower of Christ, right? To grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ, it has to become personal. And you have to get to this point to where you're walking through life with people in your life. What I love about this is that We take this so seriously that did you know that your kids are learning in their classrooms in Creekwood Kids um, in Wednesday night in the student ministry out here on middle ground patio um, in our student patio that they are learning that circles are better than rows. The youngest kids, as they learn that Jesus is their friend and he wants to be their friend forever and that Jesus loves them, in our youngest critters' rooms, they're doing it around tables. They're doing it sitting on a rug on the floor. You walk into Creekwood Kids, go stick your head in here. It's amazing. Man, they got this huge slide that's like really tall and they got these video games and they have an amazing service. Y'all, they got puppets. Like for real, that's awesome. I'm like, I'm gonna go hang out in there. I, I love puppets, right? Uh, maybe you're freaked out by them. It's okay, we'll pray for you. Um, <laughs> But you look on the floor and what do you see? Circle rugs. Why? Because they break into small groups, into circles at the end of their message to make it personal, to talk about that, to discuss. You step out here into the middle ground patio and they ha- the students at the end of their message, they break into small groups around tables. You come out on a, on a Wednesday night to a student service and they break into what they call family groups and they go from sitting in rows to sitting in circles and having discussion. Why? Because it's so important that your faith, that you, we do this together, that you surround yourself with people to walk through your faith journey with. It's so, so important. And the reality is, though, that circles, they're for everyone. Circles are for everyone. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Circles are for everyone. They're not just for kids. Yes, we start there, but they're for adults as well. 
Because the reality is, is that if we think we can do this thing in life on our own, we're sadly mistaken, right? And we come up with all these reasons. We come up with all these, maybe we could call them excuses for why we don't want to do it or why we can't, right? We're too busy. Um, You got kids and one's in a sport event over here. Another one's in a sport event over here. You're bringing them to youth on Wednesday night. So then there's no time for you to get involved in a small group, right? Whatever the reason Right? And there's very legitimate reasons. I'm not going to argue with that. But the reality is, is that we all come up with these reasons and these excuses to why we don't get into that. And what I want to do today, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And I want to unpack um, a few verses of Scripture that talk about this idea of going through life alone and the difference of when we have people with us. Um, and this is a passage of Scripture that is... Um, words of Solomon, Bible tells us the wisest man that ever lived. He, God offered him a, something, a, a gift, and he asked for wisdom, and God granted that. And he's got some amazing words on this idea. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 9. Verse 9, and it says this. It says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. I don't know about you, if I got a big job to do, if I got to get the yard mowed or I got to replace a fence, I want some help with it. I hope you guys understand what I'm saying. I don't want to work on my own. I'm going to be calling some of y'all next time I got to do a fence job, right? But verse 10, it says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You ever known someone walking through life that goes through a time of like very unexpected, hard financial hardship and didn't have someone there to walk with them through that and to help them? Have you ever known someone that failed morally in their marriage but didn't have a community around them to pick them up and literally walk through that time in their life together? And you could fill the blank in there. Have you ever known someone Have you ever known someone that didn't have people there for them in the midst of when they needed them most? I want you to ask yourself this question today. Um, Who in your life has permission to ask, are you okay? And won't accept, I'm fine is the answer. Think about that for a minute. Who in your life, outside of your spouse and your family, right? That's good, but there's, there's more than that. Who in your life, knows you well enough to ask you, are you okay? Like, and they, when you go give them that little, oh, I'm good, life's good, I'm blessed, I'm fine. They go, "Uh uh-uh, what's going on? Right, my wife, I got married at the beginning of the year and and I'll get that I'm fine answer sometime and I'm like, okay, hold on. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? All the married people in here, you're like, I get enough, I'm fine. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, what'd I do, right? (laughs) But why? Because I know her, right? I know her and I know who knows you to that extent? Who knows you to that extent? To the point of if you were to fail in your marriage, if you were to fail in your finances, if you were to have that unexpected crazy thing happen in life, would be there to literally put your arms around your shoulders and carry you through that moment. Who would be there? And I think, and I would argue, if you can't list some people there, man, you're missing out on some huge community in your life, and you're missing out on what God intended for you in life. 
Ecclesiastes chapter four goes on to say in verse 11, it says, um, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one person keep warm alone? It continues to illustrate this idea that two is better than one. If you know anything, I grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I grew up camping in the mountains where in the summer it can snow in July at altitude, right? And you learn this when you're young and you're camping in the mountains that if it's an emergency situation and you're gonna die, if you buddy up with some other people and can put your body heat together, you will survive. You know, last year um, I got certified uh, to scuba dive. We have any scuba divers in the house? Anybody? We got a few. All right. Awesome. Um, I absolutely love it. If you've never scuba dived, I would encourage you to give it a shot at some time. Put it on your bucket list. It's like you've lived on this earth and then in a moment you step into an alien planet. That's literally what it's like. It's the coolest thing um, especially if you've traveled and you've seen a lot, the minute you go dive, it's like there's a whole nother world right here that I didn't know about. But my wife has been certified to dive since she was 12. She got certified at a really young age. Um, I actually have a picture of us scuba diving last year. Um, and so here's the thing about when you learn to scuba dive. Like I said, I got certified last year. So they start, and they start with kind of explaining to you all of the equipment. And there's a whole bunch of equipment Um, But this piece right here is arguably one of the most important because this is how you breathe. Um, So, you know, we're not fish. So when we go under the water, it's a little bit hard. But so they start working you through all the equipment, right? You start in a three foot end of a pool and they like, okay, go down on your knees and you go underwater and you learn to breathe through your regulator and they teach you all this different stuff. And they say, all right, so you got to watch here on your pressure because how much pressure you have is how much air you have in your tank. And so it was great. We learned, um, I learned how to scuba dive. Like I said, my wife and I went, we had a great time. And if you know anything about scuba diving, it's actually really safe. There's really nothing to be concerned about unless you're being stupid, right? Because people are stupid or the unexpected happens, right? Uh, Or the unexpected happens. And the unexpected happened to my wife a few years ago before I knew her. She was diving um, in Mexico with her stepdad. And she was going around and she was swimming and and she had been chasing sharks because she likes to do that. Um, You can take that up with her. But um, she was chasing sharks and all of a sudden it starts getting really hard for her to breathe. And every breath she takes, it gets a little harder and gets a little harder And if you've ever scuba dived, you know that means that, hey, you have now ran out of air. She looks down at her pressure gauge and sees that she's out of air. And in that moment, the reality of somebody else becomes very, very apparent. Because when you're down at 40, 50, 60 plus feet, your option of shooting to the surface is not a very good option, right? You could probably make it, but you're not going to be in good shape when you get there. But one of the first things they teach you when you get certified to scuba dive is you never dive alone, right? And she was diving with her stepdad. She goes over to her stepdad, swims over to him and gives him the international sign for, "Uh uh-oh, I'm in trouble and I'm about to die, which is this, which also means in scuba diving world, I have no air. And he just simply reaches down, grabs this yellow hose and gives it to her. Because you see, and if you look at that picture, every single scuba diver has this yellow hose on them. And this isn't so much for me as it is, it's for everybody else that may need this, 
right? And it's just the same in life, right? We think we've got it handled until the unexpected in life happens. And it's in that moment that we innately 100% know that we need other people around us because we can't handle what life has thrown at us. And the crazy thing about that moment, when we get in that place, We get to a point of being overwhelmed. We get to a point of being overpowered. And if you don't have community in your life at that point, it's too late. It's too late. If she would have been down there and didn't have other people around her, it would have been too late to change it. And that's the same thing it is in life. If you turn with me, um, we're going to continue, actually not turn, but continue in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It'll be on the screen. I want to continue with verse 12. Verse 12 says this, it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. I don't know about you, if I'm walking into a fight, I wanna have people that got my back, right? I want my boys to have my back if I'm walking into a fight. And it continues to say, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This idea that when we come together, we are stronger together than we are apart. You know, over the years in church, I've met a lot of people that have a broken heart from one thing or another. You know, maybe, maybe they've walked through um, a divorce. Maybe they've walked through some sort of abuse situation or um, they had somebody close to them that, that was lying to them about something that devastated them. I mean, fill in the blank, right? But what I've never seen is I've never seen someone that it was in true God-centered community that did not, through that community and God working in their life, find healing from that brokenness, right? Because this idea of community, it's so much bigger than just, hey, I need people around me for when my life gets tough. God wants to put this community around you to take you to a place that you could never get on your own. Because at the end of the day, circles are better than rows for each and every one of us. But here's what I love about circles is that circles actually do something else in our life. Circles are actually preventative. Circles are actually preventative. And I want you to write that down. Circles are preventative. And here's why, because they keep it from happening. What's it? Exactly, you have no idea. But I want you to think about it in this way. How many times have you been with someone Maybe, and and I wanna talk to the parents for just a second. You've been with someone and your kids are older than their kids and you see the way they discipline their kids or the lack thereof and you can see it coming, right? You know what I'm talking about? Or you're married and you can see someone else that's younger in a dating relationship or in a marriage and you see the way they interact, the way they talk to each other, the way they walk through life and you can see it coming in their life, but they have no idea, right? I had some friends in high school and uh, oh, to be young and in love, right? And these, these friends in high school, they, um, they started dating and they started um, going around and they were telling everybody, they're like, God told us that we're going to get married. God spoke to us. Like I heard him. I was praying and I heard God say, you're going to marry her. And they were going around telling their friends this and all their friends were looking at them going, dude, there ain't no way. There ain't no way. Why? Because we could see some things in their life that they couldn't see. Now, a few years later, they're both happily married to other people. 
and everybody else was right. Why? Because we could see something in their life. The people around you, when you're in a circle, right, you just think about a circle, right? And when you're in a circle, you can see what's coming from behind somebody else. And it's so much bigger than just us, right? Because circles are preventative, Circles are preventative. And you know, those conversations, you've ever had those tough conversations with somebody and you're like, you can see something coming in their life and you go have that conversation with them and you're like, man, this is, uh, you know, this is, this is tough for me to say, but I love you and, and I just wanna kind of point something out for you, right? Those are tough. But for those of us that have had a conversation with someone or had, someone has had that conversation with us, man, how important is that conversation? We all need that. We need people that can speak into our lives. Single people in the room, I want to speak to you for just a minute. I got married at the start of the year, so I don't um, pretend to have all of life figured out, but I have started to see some things when it comes to life now that I'm married. Um, The first thing is that as single people, we have some things that we're never going to work on until we get to the point of um, get, being in a relationship, because when we get to that point, um, we realize that we had some things that we were ignoring in life. For instance, if you're single in this place um, and you don't ever do the dishes and they get to where they smell really bad and your roommate doesn't like it, they can just go find another place to live, right? If you're in a relationship, if you're married, your spouse is going to let you know that it smells bad, Right? So guys, I want to talk to you for just a minute. Um, There are some things in your life that you don't have a clue about, not because you're bad, but just because you're blind to it, right? Just because you're blind to it. For instance, um, one of the things that I would start with, and maybe a reason that you don't have a date is because somebody needs to tell you the reality of this, (laughs) right? You don't got a a date because your breast stinks, right? And you don't know it. But somebody needs to speak that into your life. Ladies, I've got one for you too. I'm just kidding. I know better. I told you I got married. (laughs) Right? I know better. I've been married for a few months. I'm learning. I ain't going to touch that. All right? Let me speak to the married people for just a minute. And I've only been a part of you for just a few months. And again, I'm not going to claim to know it all. Um, But one thing I've seen already in just over six months of marriage is there's things in our marriage that we can't see and we need other people to speak into our life about, right? It's just the reality of it. Guys, there are things that your wife is trying to speak to you and you're just not gonna hear it, right? That's why we get accused of things going in one ear and out the other, right? We're just not gonna hear it. Ladies, there's things that your guy's been trying to talk to you about and he learned his lesson the first time and he ain't ever gonna mention it again, <laughs> right? But, but if for both of us, we need people in our life that will speak into our life because man, no matter where we're at, we all need support at some point in our life. Why? Because circles are preventative. Circles are preventative. But here's the hard thing. How do you know what you prevented, right? How do you know what you prevented. It's like, how do you know how many car wrecks you've avoided because you're a good driver and you pay attention? Or you can't put a number on that. And that's what makes this so hard is the tricky part is that life group life, this circle life is like retirement savings. If you wait, you won't have it when you need it, right? If you wait, 
Think about Andrew's story when he shared. If he had waited till his wife was diagnosed with breast cancer and, and they had stayed, they had stayed um, isolated and they hadn't engaged in all of that, right? If they had waited until that point, it would have been too late. It would have been too late. You know, at church, the most difficult calls we get are from people where there's a death in the family, where there's a tragedy in the family, where uh, maybe somebody calls in, hey, my kid has, has kind of gone off the deep end. They ran away from home. And, 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 you know, maybe they're in the hospital for some sort of unexpected illness. And um, one of the questions we always ask is, hey, are, are you or they in a life group? And unfortunately, when we ask that question, probably I would say about 90% of the time, the answer is no. Reason being, if they were in a life group, we usually hear from their life group leader that so-and-so is in the hospital and they follow up with, and hey, we've got them completely taken care of. Why? Because they're in community. You see, as a church, we're gonna do everything we can to be there, but in those moments, you don't need the church office. You need community in your life. You know, we have a great church. We're gonna show up at the hospital. Um, if you go into the hospital, we're gonna pray with you. But the reality is if the church office is the one coming in to do that, we're gonna have to look and we're gonna have to make sure that we get your name straight before we walk in, right? We're gonna bring you a meal at your house, but we're probably gonna have to follow a GPS to get to your house, right? In those moments, what you need is you need community. You need people that know you, that know where you live. You need people that know your spouse, that know your kids, that know your pets' names, right? That can drive to your house and they don't have to think twice about it. That can, you can call and you can go, hey, this is happening. Would you mind picking my kids up? And they're like, oh yeah, I got it. Because they know where your kids go to school and they know where your house is, right? We're gonna do everything in our power and we take pastoral care in, in, in serving you as our church so seriously here. But we will never on our best day be as good as the community that God wants to place in your life. Never. And here's the thing, we were never intended to be that good. You know, in a circle, you may not fall because someone may see it coming and they may point it out, right? Because they got your back, because they know you, right? And you need people that are there for you so that they will already be there for you. Think about that. You need people that are there for you so that in those moments, they will be already there for you. And I kind of want to end um, with this today. And I want you to, if you don't, if you don't believe what I've said, if, you, if you're still kind of questioning it or you're letting that, hey man, I'm busy and I'm crazy and, and I just don't know how I fit this into my life, I want you to think about your story for just a minute. How different would your life have been if not you but your parents had been involved in true God-centered community in their life, right? How would it have been if before they walked through that divorce they had had people that were speaking into their life before whatever it is that happens with them, with your siblings, if they had people that were rallying around them and were watching their back, how different would your life have been? Take it to you for just a minute. How different would your life be right now 
if since the age of the kids in Creekwood Critters and Creekwood Kids, you had been in that kind of community, how different would your life have been? Right, and I'd argue that it would be in a vastly different place. Because before you walked through what you've walked through, you had that circle around you to literally pick you up when you could not pick yourself up, right? God would have taken you to a different place and through a different route, why? By people, God doesn't waste anything that we've walked through and he wants to use you to speak into other people's lives and you get in that community, he's gonna use people to speak in to your lives in a powerful, powerful way. And I wanna end with this challenge, this question. And I want you to just think about this. If you're married or have kids, or if you ever hope to be married or have kids, why wouldn't you give that gift to the next generation, right? Because the lie we believe is that this is only about us. But at the end of the day, y'all, it's so much bigger than just us. It's so much bigger. We can't not step into community in our life because God has called us to do that. Y'all, we see it in the life of Jesus. He had 12 people that he walked through life with, right? There's a reason behind that. We see it over and over again in scripture. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I just ask for every single one of us in this place. God, I ask that you would give us the strength, God, that you would give us the boldness to do what we need to do when it comes to getting into community in our life. God, I ask that you would help us to, God, reprioritize our life if that's what it takes. God, that you would help us to realize the bigness of this, not just for us, but for our kids and our kids' kids. And no matter if we're a grandparent or a parent or we're single and aren't even dating somebody right now, God, no matter where we're at in life, I pray that you would give us the boldness, that you would give us the strength to step in to that community, God. And I just ask that when you do, you would blow us away by the the community that you bring into our life, by the people you bring into our life, God, the support that you bring into our life this semester, God. God, thank you so much for every single person in this place, God. I just ask that you would um, strengthen each of them, that you would be with them, that you would, um, God, protect them as they walk through their week. God, it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Everybody said? Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.